0: hey guys coach ben here and this is the bench cast this is episode three i'm sitting here with my man ritz sibia and we just finished up a bench clinic out here in holyoke mass a great gym i haven't been in his gym yet this is the first time seeing it ton of space ton of equipment you really have a nice setup here Hey,
1: appreciate it, man. Glad you coming here. We actually had a good turnout today. It was nice.
0: Yeah, we had uh, quite a few people here for the bench clinic and uh you know, it was a, it was a good crowd. We we did some hands-on stuff. I think a lot of people took home some yeah, some great pointers that they could
1: start to work with. A couple of experienced lifters, you know, actually learning that, you know, things they weren't doing in their
0: bench by some of the cues. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, what was your favorite part of the bench clinic? We covered a lot. We covered through warm-ups, different exercises, uh, different ways to think about your technique. Uh, what was something that kind of jumped out at you that you can take on?
1: Well, my favorite part of it was the, the, the whole setup with the, the takeout because I have a problem here with a lot of lifters is they get too antsy, and they're always trying to fight you when you're taking out, when you're, you're trying to hand it off to them and you're trying to give that a perfect path, and they're supposed to, you know, set it into their lats, and they just want to rip the bar from me and get into the position, and they're actually putting themselves out of position. Yeah, As absolutely. A, especially with all the inexperienced lifters I deal with, you know, that, I think they really set home on you know, letting it sit into the lats, rather right? than trying to rush it into the into the bar path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we did a uh, we did a technique exercise where we attached a um, band to the bar, and um, what we did is we had them drag the bar out uh as a tool you know to help uh get into the lats so that was a real effective one i think a lot of people uh kind of you know, that that cut home with a lot of people there so uh anything else that kind of jumped out at you, you know, we we covered a lot of stuff today at to, I had a really great time, and a lot of people, too, they were surprised with uh, the bending the bar, the yeah. whole torque
1: bar. Yeah, yeah, especially you don't understand it until you actually have that new torque bar you made that you're actually, actually tightening up and, you know, really bending the bar because everyone's, you know, you, when you go into the bar, you're like, how the hell do I bend this, you know, cast iron steel bar? Yeah. But when you actually have a, a bar that, you know, like PVC piping that you can actually bend yourself, you're like, oh! That's what it's supposed to feel like. You yeah. don't really bend the bar. You're just squeezing and putting your lats into position and, you know, keeping tight. And, and then something like that, you know, that cheap tool yeah. actually is very beneficial because, you know, it actually shows you what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah,
0: it gives you that feedback. Yeah, the torque bar uh, made out of PVC, that you can actually visually see a bend in the bar. And what I've been finding, a lot of people been bending the bar kind of the wrong direction all along mm-hmm. when, in fact, you want... Your pinky to kind of twist down towards your feet, and you want the lats to incorporate that movement. Uh, that was really huge for a lot of people. I yeah, think a yeah lot even people when I was
1: using the the, the the torque bar. I mean, I was just I tried just using my wrists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because usually you know I really grip the bar tight. Because especially when us guys are doing multiply, if you're not in that tight position, you're eating the bar. But you know, just even taking that little thing, you're like, oh, this is just nothing. Then you're like, oh, you know, it, it also for us experienced guys sometimes we get a little lazy with our cues sometimes
0: and that's where we miss some big lifts yeah absolutely um you know anytime you're in multiply gear as well everything as i said is just kind of magnified mm-hmm. you know all that stuff we practice during raw work yep. just takes to a new level Yep. because um, multiply can be unforgiving you get out of the groove you know, not everything is at 100 mm-hmm. percent uh you'll notice right away that weight and come down quick. Yeah. You have any scary stories to get in to multiply? Any bad dumps?
1: No, no, Thank God, I've always I've had you know TT McGray usually is here when I have the shirt on, and I usually have you know everyone in position when I have the gear in. Uh, you know, we've had one scary story with uh, using the slingshot with bands. Let's hear it. Somebody, uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't worth. It wasn't gonna. It didn't expect the slingshot to kick so fast off their chest. Bands kicked in, dumped the bar, ate the bar. You know, took it to the face. Yeah, we had a nice little blood show here um, at the Ah, gym, which is, God forbid, everyone's alright. And it was a scary moment, you know, especially when you start adding new tools in. You know, bands, bands are just as unforgiving as everything else. You have to be tight and not loose, and you got to make sure you're really ready for it. Just because it looks like you know 50 pounds on the bar, now you got to take consideration some of the band tension be up to 50 to 100 pounds and as soon as that band kicks in you know it's it's go time you know it's either you're ready for it or oh, yeah, you eat the bar so even multiply band slingshots any kind of these accessory tools man if you're not
0: used to it you pay as much respect as that as you do your main lifts so the bands take it to a whole new level especially you're talking about once it kicks in mm-hmm. if you aren't ready to push through that period in the range of it's motion back yeah you are going to be uh, in a tough position there you gotta you're not gonna be able to finish that lift. No. Nope. so always good to have people around you when you experiment with new uh, new tools like that and, nope. and uh, throwing on any kind of gear like a slingshot but um yeah, definitely, that's, that's a scary one. Especially, like, with these raw lifters buying, the slingshots are getting
1: just as, like, if not stronger than some of the shirts. Like that Mad Dog, you know? You got a person that only benches 315, can do 405 with the Mad Dog, and the Mad Dog gets you off the chest, and at some point you still got to lock it out, and then that's where people are, you know, can
0: really dump it, and, you know, because at the top, it's all you. You got to yeah. hold the weight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, the new Titan Ram. I don't know if you ever tried the new Titan Ram they came out with. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I got it over there. Yeah, they got some different colors. It's like thick rubber. If this you thing can believe like, it, it is too big for me. Too big <laughs> for me. I always you? grabbed the biggest size, and my own actually was too big for me. <laughs> big Rich is a big guy, that's so why I call him Big Rich. Yeah. So uh, it's impressive that something's too big for him. Did you see that uh, the Bench Daddy? I did not try the heaviest thing they had. What's have funny there. is, our,
1: you know, our mutual friend Kyle Latour, I was like, Oh, it's pretty impressive that. Because I thought it was just like a another brand's slingshot, right? Because he yeah. smoked like 500 or 525 I saw it. that. And I was visiting my friends in Hellbent, and I was trying to put one on. And it was like, th- there was no way I was getting the rings to the bar. Like, I don't think you could touch with less than 500 pounds on that. That thing is like <laughs> retarded. And, yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I'll just stick with the shirt, man. Because... <laughs>
0: It's the same thing, right? I mean, you
1: can't use those in competitions.
0: So. Some of these tools are are pretty much like you said, turning into little shirts themselves. Yeah, it's
1: like you guys. Especially, I love it when the raw guys pick on us multiplies it, you guys, and then you see them over there messing around with slingshots and all these other tools, and it's like, yeah, all right, you know what's <laughs> fun? They too. start to get the feel. Yeah, you know what's yeah. going too.
0: No, nah, I think everyone uh, everyone should try out. Yeah, a shirt at some point, or one of those tight slingshots. Just a different way to lift, and then the technique gets magnified yep. so much. Um, you know, I just I couldn't go back. I wouldn't even want to really do bra. It's just yeah. too much fun right now. Yeah, TJ
1: was funny. We put on He got a single-ply shirt on. Um, he finally tried it on last week. And, granted, the first that we put on, <laughs> we have a smaller shirt, a bigger shirt here. And we finally got the bigger shirt on him. I think it was, like, even we had his max... Uh, raw bench on the bar, and it still was, it was a struggle to a three board. He's yeah. not utilizing the shirt, but it's just like it's one of those things that every guy thinks he can just put on a shirt on and just be strong, you know? I think yeah. it was like the one few instances that actually happened where I put on a loose shirt and was actually able to, you know, hit 600, 635 with it. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen.
0: No. No, and, and you are pretty new to the whole multiply yeah. scene here. You were a raw lifter for a while. Um, and, you know, you were, you were having some success with that and you, you wanted to go into something new. You want to talk about kind of the transition, what you had to work towards when you got into the gear. I remember one time uh, you were sending me some videos over to check out your deadlift. And we were kind of talking about, you know, what form should look like, the multiply, kind of pulling through the suit to get down to the bar. And then I just remember one week he sent me in this video and I'm like, what the hell happened during this week? I don't know what... You like clicked for you, but yeah. it was like a whole new yeah. ball game. Like, you, you look real proficient. Yeah, I went from
1: doing like a stiff leg deadlift to actually a, a sumo. Yeah,
0: I, I had no idea what happened. I just watched this video. I was like, all right, what are we gonna have to look at this time? And all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, oh shit.
1: I got nothing to look at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just learning the gear. I mean, the, the big thing is, is, it is tight sometimes. And I, fortunate enough, I didn't listen to anybody. I think you're the one that first told me, is make sure you buy everything looser. So you can learn the gear and not fight the gear. So all my, you know, my briefs I put on by myself. You know, they go on pretty easy. My squats suits go on pretty easy. But especially with the briefs, you know, they're not too restricting. But um, you know, really sitting into that bar and you know that cue of even with raw pulling yourself into the bar and loading yourself like a rubber band and keeping everything tight. And in the gear, you have to do that, or you're not getting down to the bar. So that was yeah. a big thing, is pulling yourself into position, into the briefs, and then letting it come up, yeah. rather than, you know, not fighting the briefs, and you think you're in a position, and then now you're doing,
0: you know, a sumo stiff leg. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, you went from <clears throat> competing raw, you did, when was your first meet? It was a little while back. Uh, we did one, uh, Jamie's meet in December, um, and that was, I only
1: wore the squat suit, the bench shirt, uh, twice. Uh, because I was at, you know, as you can know, ordering multiplayer stuff is, is things don't actually come in fit. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you have to send it you out, ordered, you got to get adjusted. You as know.
0: And most people, they kind of take their time to gather their equipment. You just went all in. Like oh. he just had a fresh, fresh dresser of <laughs> brand new multiply yeah. stuff.
1: Well, I'm one of those things as I learn from as I do it. And I don't like being one of those guys as I try to teach all these new guys is. You can't build training numbers unless you have meet numbers. So build a base. Smart. Compete. So just because you can lift in front of your bros or your friends uh, in the gym and you can hit 405 and it's touch and go, unless it's like strict in a meet competition setting where you're squat benching and deadlifting, that's, that's when you have your truest max because, you know, it's like a full prep or getting into it is that should theoretically be your best day could possibly have you know especially after squatting you go into the bench you know that should be your bench max you know especially when you take your training percentages and then you can train off of that so you can get better than that max rather than setting setting these magical numbers where you think you can do in your head and I've done that I mean you dealt me along before is I have all these numbers in my head that I think I should be doing and the problem is is now when you put them into prep now it's like okay I'm sick I don't feel good but I still have to you still have to squat. And now you have to hit ninety three percent of a number that you haven't even hit before.
0: You yeah. know, now it starts getting into trouble land. Yeah, absolutely. You uh you know, you, you gotta the meet, everything should come together for you at the meet. You should hit your best numbers there. Uh, and then that sets a benchmark, like you said. Yeah. Well that's why I training. said I
1: wanted that's why I did such a soon, a quick meet with the multiply, is I wanted numbers to work on in training. So I wanted, you know, I squatted I think it was seven fifty five um, I missed all my benches because, you know, the groove. Um, and then I ended up pulling raw anyways. So, but we had a good foundation in going into January prepping for this past meet uh, in April, which I did really well in, um, and actually learning the gear, but knowing, handling weight, I was only comfortable with, you know, I didn't go anything over 750 in prep with squat just because I knew I could handle the weight, I could squat and meet. Now we're just learning the, the foundation, the fundamental of the gear You know, learning the squat suit, trusting your your equipment, fighting into the hole, you know, not firing up too fast. And then the big thing about I love about Multiply is it's carried over to my raw squat, you know, keeping your knees out, keeping your air tight, stomach tight, glutes tight, because you have to stay tight because you have so much weight on your back, you know, that, that you're opposed to doing raw. So when you go into raw, you're like... Wow, this feels a night and day difference because I'm actually going through my cues. I'm keeping my stomach tight. Glutes are tight. Knees are spreading out. Knees transitions, are also, right? Yeah, it transitions right into there. Everyone, you know, it's, it sucks that a lot of people say, oh, you're only stronger because you put in the gear. You know, but the gear forces you to learn faster. So your form has to come quicker. You know, just because we use the gear doesn't mean they're not strong enough to do it without the gear. It's just it's safer, more efficient. You know, you could do. It's more about the longevity. You know, there's only so many times somebody could squat eight, nine hundred pounds raw before they start coming into. You know, because we're not made That's to true. do that. Yeah. You know, but well, what the Multiply is, it it's more supportive, and it's you know, it's easier on the it can body. Extend your career, yeah, definitely. I mean, it destroys your central nervous system. Yeah, you know, no, you running conjugate with the, yeah. with the Multiply going heavy it. days twice a week. I mean, I mean, I got sick a lot of this prep, just run down. But if you ever want to feel what it it's like to get hit by a bus, yeah. getting yep. some multiply. Yeah, especially after a full multiply meet where, yeah. you know, you squat, like I squat 800, you know, bench 600, and then pull almost seven, and
0: then you feel like, wow. Yeah, absolutely, and uh you know what, when you're doing multiply, you need a good team around you, yep. and you got a hell of a setup here. I know you got quite a few lifters who follow you. Um, you know, real closely, all training together. It's a really cool atmosphere. Yeah, I try to
1: keep like as a family thing. It is where my gym is. It's not open to the public. If you train here, you 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 have to. If you're hurt, you're sick, you still have to show up because your partners still have you know still have people to put on the weights. People need spotters. You know, you have to be reliant on your people because you can't hit max lifts and worry about oh do you have enough people here spotting or do I have this person is. Everyone here is, has each other's back. You know, they don't have to worry about if this person show up because, no, it's mandatory. It's bench day. You know, yeah. We show up and we bench as a team. We end it as a team. We go to meets as a team. You know, it's not, powerlifting is this thing where everyone thinks it's just a, a, a single-person sport. It's not. You can't be successful without a great team. You know, every heavy squatter I know has their own person wrapped their knees
0: and their comfort. They have good handlers. You know, the people yeah, that have their alone. back. Can't do it alone. No, can't. Uh, and you got, let me tell you, it's a real testament to you here. You built some real great environment here, and it's awesome that you keep this gym pretty closed up and private. And yeah, only like I said, I allow to have this vision
1: of uh, how I want, you know, how training should be. You know, it had, you know, no distractions. You know, I got no windows in here. I got no mirrors. You know, I wanted something like I love Westside Barbell. Yeah. And to have that like hardcore feeling here is what I want. You know, you show up for the purpose, whether it's off season or you have goals, you stick with your plan and you get to your goals. So I, we, if you notice like all my crazy things on my whiteboard, is you know you pick I love a goal, that you pick a goal, you set your plan step by step. And you reach your goal. If you've done every step you possibly can to reach that goal, and you don't meet that goal, you can't be unhappy. But if you skipped a step, you missed a training session, you know, you're not eating the way you're supposed to. You know, you're going out and doing things like I don't allow any of these guys, especially if you're training on the team. You know, if they want whatever they do on the weekends, but on prep, you know, the, there's no drinking, there's no nothing like that anything they could sacrifice. Prep, and you know, if you want to, if your goal is to bench 235. And whatever your goal is for a weight, and you're all, you're around messing around doing things that, that you know are, are harmful to your training. What's the point of sending these goals? Yeah, you know. And what's the point of being upset when you don't miss these goals if you're you're veering out, you're going off the path?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I don't I don't know who else is running an atmosphere like that. In a very few, very few. Most gyms are, are public. You know, there's a lot of people in there that can kind of. Cause a little chaos within the gym. Everyone has them, um, mm-hmm. but you know this place very selective. You walk in here, it's a little bit closed off. You know the, uh, not much air get, or light getting in here. You know it's it's very uh, dungeonous, but that's I think what you're going for. You yeah. know you're going for a training environment. Everyone's in here busting ass trying to get after their goals, mm-hmm. and I can really tell that from walking into this place. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that,
1: dude, honestly. Since I went, like, it sucked. Driving all of these gyms, like I love lightning, but it's just it's sometimes it's far away and you can't get there. You know, driving to Gills, drive you know, going next door to the local you know club fitness, not having everything you need, driving all over the place, and you know sometimes it just takes its toll on you. Where right here, I wanted to make sure I had everything I needed to train. You know, if I need something, I'll get it, um, and just it's it's brought my training to like a next level. And it was like that next level I needed was my own space, no distractions, you know, there's, there's no people doing stupid things in the gym, there's no, you know, taking selfies in the mirror, which is, I'm okay with that, you know, whatever your goals are, whatever your fitness goals are, but that's not my goal, and I don't, I don't want any distractions in the gym. We're here to train, you know, everyone has a logbook here. You log your sets down, you log your weights down. All the workouts I write on the board, so if you don't have your notebook, you know your sets, you know your numbers. Everyone's a accountable, and,
0: you know, it's just working done here. And well, to be fair, those Instagram models got to get their like somehow. Hey, hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm not knocking them for doing that, but, that's, you know, that's not what I'm trying uh, to do I here. get it. So, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so we, we talked a little bit about your gym environment. Really cool. Um, what is some parting piece of advice you you give to someone going from raw work, trying to get into multiply? Because you've done it, you know you've been through it. You did the raw thing, you, you worked into multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would it be to transition slow so they just get it and do it? Surround themselves with the right people. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what what do you think is the best way to get you, into uh, this? Honestly, it's
1: being patient. Um, if you go into thinking that I'm gonna throw gear on and I'm gonna squat a thousand pounds. This isn't the sport for you. Don't even bother getting into multiply because it's not going to happen. It's literally like one of those things where, like, you start off with your briefs and trying to get down to depth at 405 is misery. You know, it's – now it's, okay, This the suit, I could squat, you know, eight 900 pounds, but now it's learning to stand up with it. You know, I've fallen forward here at the gym. You know, I've fallen forward with 765, which is not fun. I've fallen forward at the meet. I mean – yeah, the suit helps, but you still got to stand up on your own. you still got to, you know, do everything on yourself. So the big thing I tell everybody is be patient. You know, it will come. I keep telling myself every numbers, all my goal, fantasy numbers, it will come. It's one step at a time. So, you know, take whatever you can get the depth in a suit and feel comfortable with that and then slowly, come, you know, switch into that. Don't just put on a suit on and let's just start throwing 45s as fast as we can because... If you can, it's the same thing like with the bench shirt. You know, I can touch 225 in the bench shirt. Not a lot of people can do that. It's starting off handling lower weights and being in control of them because it's just as hard. You know, when you take 405, 500 in a squat suit, it's just as much positioning as it in with 700 because you kind of have to sit back and you sit back harder to force, just into the depth. So it's just being patient. The more you can control the weights that you normally do raw and multiply and then slowly add more weight on is going to be more beneficial. You're not going to have, you know, bomb outs. You're not going to miss lifts. It's, you know, you still want to be super comfortable at all times. You know, multiply, as you know, is the most miserable thing in the entire world. You know, sitting in the hole, (laughs) waiting for your depth call in the suit sucks. You know, waiting to touch in a bench shirt sucks. Um, A lot of it, it's just not fun. But that adrenaline of lifting heavy weights and, you know, just being a freak under the bar is fun, but it's the same thing. It's a transition. It's just like raw lifting, multiply it's the same thing is you have to slowly transition into these things. You know, you can't you gotta be patient, you can't jump the gun yeah. and it'll
0: come. It's just step by step. And it's funny you mentioned patience and that if someone asks me to, like what's the you know, biggest thing you're learning. Um, you know, pretty much anything getting into the lifting game is patience. You, mm-hmm. You've got to just take your time. Like I mentioned in the bench clinic, we talked a little bit about longevity, and it's amazing starting out, like, how many people were ahead of me and then how many <laughs> people I just saw, like, just drop off the map. Yep. There's so many. There's, there's a handful of great great lifters I've seen just go by the wayside just because of an injury or or they just try to push things too fast and they don't think of the long game. Mm -hmm. If you string a lot of great PRs together over a ten year period and you continue to progress year to year, even if it may be small, you are gonna be in a very good place. Yeah, I can't I can't
1: honestly say like I think the first meet I've ever benched raw was like three sixty five and I think in two years it went up to like four fifty. I mean, to me, I mean, it's a, it's a great jump. It's still, like, 110 pounds. But in my head, you, you know, I was hoping to jump that in, like, three months. Yeah. But the big thing is, is, like, the setup changes. So every time you bench 365 and that was your max PR, that was a different position. Then you get up to 420, it's not the same circumstances. Because as it gets, the weights get heavier, you have to get tighter with your technique. You know, you can bench 420 like air, and then as soon as you put 435 on the bar, you get crushed.
0: Yeah, it's you a good know?
1: point. Yeah, it's just you know it's different positioning. You get lazy, You're not say lazy, but you get comfortable doing something in a certain way, and that's where you got you, that's where it got you to that point. Now you have to switch something up to get further than that, and yeah. that's how people have been doing it forever in powerlifting. Is okay. This got me to 440. Let me try something different to get to 450 and to 460. You know, not a lot of people are freaks and go from like 400 pounds to 500 pounds in two months. You know, it's it's long, steady, technique, technique, technique. You know, raw strength. I mean, you've dealt with me for a long time. I have a lot of raw power, but it only gets you so far when you start getting really heavy into the weights. Yeah. You know, it can get you to 400 pounds. It can get you a 600-pound squat, a 600-pound deadlift. But how long did it t- take me to go from 600 to 700? It took a lot of patience and a lot of technique and yeah. a lot of time because raw strength don't get you so
0: far until yeah. you
1: have to start sticking with the technique. You were
0: very strong raw, and that gave you a great base in the, the suit. But then again, you have to learn the technique that comes along with it, and that's what you've been doing lately. and You've been very patient with that process, and now it's starting to come together. You know, that raw strength is still there, and it's, it's improving, but now you're getting more out of your gear as yeah. well, yeah. and the combination of both very deadly. Um, getting that raw strength up and then getting more technique out of your equipment.
1: Yeah, we learned that the hard way at the meet is, you know, foot positioning. We, My foot, feet, I pushed my, for some reason we decided to move my feet in just a little bit on my opener, and I missed my opener. I went back to my feet positioning the way I've been doing it all training session, and I smoked it. You know, it's just little stupid things like that. Feet being in the right positioning and perfectly and, you know, like you said, once you get into heavier weights all that matters. Yeah. You gotta and look little, at
0: every little thing.
1: You know, when you when you're squatting four or five hundred pounds, your foot a little bit off, you know, you can you could fight through that, but like I said, when you start getting past your your raw strength, it's everything's gotta be perfect.
0: Yeah, it's gotta be dialed in. And uh, you know that's also what makes multiply lifting really awesome. It's just knowing that you can't mess up. And it just becomes so much more technical. Yep. You know, it's like it's like run, running a race versus you know high speed NASCAR type of deal. Yep. You know we're going high speed NASCAR. Yep. A Lot can go wrong. Stakes are high. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yep. So hey, it was great talking with you. Yeah. I think a lot of people have a good take home message here, especially transitioning to multiply game. Yep. Uh, you have a fantastic gym. That um, it was awesome
1: too having some of my guys listening to somebody else as I butchered into their heads all the time. But it also seems like when you train with somebody and you're with somebody every day, you're more of like the dead. And yeah. then when somebody else says it or, you know. Reassures like, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I've been telling you that the yeah. whole time. But, you know, but sometimes it's easier to hear it from somebody else. Yeah, they need to and hear that's why I've been us. looking forward for you to come down, you know, since we, I think we established in January. Um, and people really look like they took a lot to home. Yeah. I like to see a lot of people writing things down and actually get taken to home. Yeah,
0: I, I had a great time. It was a great clinic. Uh, where can people find you on uh, social media? Uh, you
1: can find me at Team Sibia on Instagram, or you can see me at Richard Sibia on Facebook. Um, I will be launching my website of the Gorilla Tees, the TS Gorilla Apparel. He's got some awesome week. T-shirts. Um, yeah, so you let me know. A lot of people love them. They're comfortable. Um, starting to come with all different colors. Um, Yeah, let me know. And like I said, if you ever want to visit the gym, just shoot me a message. I'm open to letting you know people come once, and then you know if you fit the team, you're welcome to be on the team. But it's not one of those things where it's open. You can just show up whenever you want. Usually, it's only open when I'm here. And like I said, I try to keep everything a team setting. Um, So if you want to, you know, if you need to work on your bench,
0: you want to show up to one of our bench nights, just shoot me a message. We can work on technique down Uh, here in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Holyoke, Mass. So uh, that is again at Team. Is that underscore? Yeah, underscore Sibia. Uh, Sibya. S I B Y A. Team Sibya. Check them out on Instagram. Shoot them a message if you're interested in training with his team, learning a little bit from them. Um, and yeah, you can find us. Again, guys, go ahead. Um, give us a follow on Instagram if you haven't, at Big Benches. And make sure you go into the iTunes. Give this a five star rating. Let my man, Big Rich, know you enjoyed having him on the podcast. Maybe we can get down here and do another sometime. And uh, yeah, uh, talk to everyone next time.